Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode in her space, you know, sometimes we say, oh, just pray it away or like God. And sometimes that seems so vague and so broad. But the way she broke it down to me was, you know, when you have these experiences, think about how you've overcome so that you can share that with someone else. And I feel like that moment down was so game changing for me because ever since then, Every time something happens, like I'll give myself space to process it. And then I'm like, okay, how did I get through that? So I can now either now write a blog post, right? Or we talk about it on the podcast or write a post on social media to give back to someone else. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or even a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or if you feel comforted throughout the episode, lady, please leave us a review and tell us what we're doing right so we can stay on track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit herspacepodcast.com and enter your email address to get updates about our live events and all of the new beginnings that we have for this year. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Her Space Podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit herspacepodcast.com and click Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random. Lady, today you are in for a very special treat. Today, we are interviewing in her space our very own Terry Lomax. Terry is a globally recognized podcaster, speaker, and brand strategist who empowers entrepreneurs to leverage social media and personal branding to grow their audience, impact, and bank accounts. Terry, welcome to Her Space. <laughs> Hi, Dom. <laughs> this feels so weird oh my gosh girl I feel so like nervous like I'm about to go on stage (laughs) well this is our space so you know how we do you know how the energy flows so I think that you should kind of take a deep breath and enjoy the ride I think this is going to be fun I personally been really excited about this oh thank you Dom So I am going to start us off with our quote of the day. 
which comes from you, Terry, grow through what you go through. Grow through what you go through. Now, T, that quote, when you hear that, those are your words, but when you hear that, what do you think inspired that particular quote? Oh, Don, that is a good question. That is a really good question. It's funny because when I looked at this quote, I was like, wait, I said that? When I say that? I didn't even remember. Sometimes quotes will just come to me in the moment or as I'm you know, going through certain things in life. And I think for that quote, what it means to me is that there are always lessons, right? Or things that we can learn or use in our journey when we have different experiences in life, right? So whether they are positive experiences, whether they are less than pleasant experiences, I think about a lot of the adversity that I faced and there was something that I've gained from each of those experiences. Sometimes it's very hard to see it in the moment, but you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Looking back on those things, I'm like, oh, I see what that was developing in me, right? I see how that was serving me in this way. And so I think that's what I meant when I wrote that quote. And so, you know, I'm excited because we are going to dive into some of those things that you have been through. And we hopefully will get to kind of see how you are coming through your journey. I was, you know, I was about to say like what your journey has been, but you're still on a journey, right? We all are. And so let's just dive right in. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) So Terry, tell us, you know, one of the questions we often ask guests when they come on is for them to share with us their story, right? And I know that you and I have in different episodes shared bits and pieces of our story and you've shared multiple pieces of your story in various episodes of the podcast, right? But right now you have a book coming out and we'll we'll dive more into that a little bit later. But if you can kind of share with us, like tell us your story. Yes, Tom. So I'll make a very long story and a very eventful story. I'll make it short. But I will say, Don, when I think about my story, it has been filled with so much adversity. I mean, I think about back to when I was born as a newborn, I believe I had meningitis or something and I stopped breathing and my family had to rush me to the hospital and they didn't think I was going to make it. When my mom told me that story, I was just like, damn. So ever since I was born, I've been just struggling my way through this life. And, you know, Basically, when I think about my upbringing, some of the most pivotal moments for me, Dom, were, you know, growing up in an abusive household where my mom was physically and verbally abusive and also in and out of jail ever since I was eight years old. So at eight years old, I had started to really become a parent because that's when my first little sister was born. And then a few years later, my next little sister was born. A year later, my next little brother. And then the year after that, my other little brother. So I had four younger siblings that I was at home with. And ever since I was eight, I was basically raising, you know, them, you know, at the different stages of their birth because my mom was back and forth to jail. And so my dad was there and he, you know, did the best that he could. He was the sole provider. He really held things down for the family, but I had a lot of struggles, a lot of internal struggles, a lot of personal struggles that many people did not know about Dom. I I remember one of my teachers was on my Facebook and he was looking at one of the stories I posted. I think it was about suicide. And he was just like, oh my gosh, like I never knew that you were going through all that stuff. You always came to class with a smile. And I was like, well, you know, I was thinking to myself, like I grew up in a household where what happens in this house stays in this house, right? So I had a smile on my face every day, although I was going through hell at home, right? And so that's kind of the, the long story short to kind of sum it up. And so that's the foundation, right? Mm -hmm. You're coming from an experience where you have dealt with trauma and and abuse. And now that's not your life, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not in a space of on a day-to-day dealing with present trauma and abuse 
personally on an individual level, right? Exactly. How did you get from this household where you were the parentified child who was suicidal to the Terry Lomax that we know today? That is an interesting question, Dom. I would say that for a long time, I sort of had an identity crisis, Dom, really when I was in high school. And the reason was because I was raised with a different name. So anyone that knows me personally, they know that I was raised as Erica. Basically, everyone in my family calls me Erica. My siblings call me Erica. People have recently started calling me Terry because that's the name that I you know, use for my profession and my career. And that's my given name. But I grew up with Erica. And I think when I was about seven years old or so, my mom had asked me if I wanted to change my name to Erica because my full name is Terry Lynn, right? And so I'm like, okay, what seven-year-old doesn't want to change their name? Because I thought Terry Lynn always, I don't know. I, I don't, it's okay. I don't really like it like that, but I didn't like it like that. And so I grew up as Erica and my mom's husband's name was Williams, right? His last name. And so I grew up as Erica Williams now. So literally in school for 12 years and I'm Erica Williams. And I tell you this experience because when I was in 12th grade, I was getting ready to get my, I think I was a junior or senior in high school. I was getting ready to get my license and I was applying for colleges. It had to be 11th grade. And I got my birth certificate and my documents and my social. And I was like, wait, my actual name is Terry Lomax. Like I didn't know that that was my actual like full name on paper because literally Dom at the dentist, guess what my name was at the dentist, Dom? Erica Williams. Yes, girl. So I literally had an identity crisis where I was trying to apply for colleges with this name that didn't match my documents. And that just didn't feel right to me. I'm like, I got to get my stuff together. And it just, that was a very interesting experience for me because it really made me question like, who am I? And so I tell you that story because in the midst of everything that I had been through, I just felt like I was having an identity crisis, number one. I also didn't really come to grips with all that I had been through. I did a lot of suppressing. And so I didn't really talk about the abuse because again, what happens in this house stays in this house. I struggled with sharing my story because, you know, my mom was at the focal point of that story and I didn't want to make her look bad. Right. And so it took a long time for me to finally get to a place where I'm like, you know what? These things happened. This is my truth. These are my experiences and they impacted me so deeply. And so I think it was when I went to grad school, I was in my early twenties and I moved to Salisbury, Maryland, and I started going to therapy for the first time ever, which is so crazy to me, Dom. Cause when I think about all that I've been through, I'm like, I can't believe I was in my twenties when I started therapy wow. and I like made it this far without going to any formal support. But for me back in the day, journaling and my best friend, those were kind of the only outlets that I had and music. I used to like write music and stuff to, to cope. But when I went to therapy, I started to revisit, you know how it is, you start therapy and they're like, so tell me about your childhood. And I'm like, well, goddamn, you got tissues. <laughs> and oh. so I think for me, that was the time when I really started to unpack the things that happened and all of the mixed emotions began to come up. So that was a long story, but I hope that kind of answers the question. Somewhat, right? And so as I'm listening, like I, like you're taking us in bits and pieces, right? So we understand the foundation, right? And we understand how you started transitioning in your 20s of like, okay, I'm trying to apply to colleges and recognizing that, wait, hold on, who I thought I was was not who I was or who I am on like a legal level, right? But then on a psychological level, I'm not who everyone thought I was. I'm not who I may have thought I was. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. 
Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black Stories, Black Truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the Rich Black Auntie. It was good. Now, you know, Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. And so, like, that's when there's, like, this kind of transformation happening. Mm-hmm. So we get to that point of this transformation and there's still a gap from that transformation to Terry Lomax, podcaster, speaker, brand strategist. (laughs) Yes, yes. So you know what, Dom? I will say ever since I was younger... I did have a vision to share my story with the world. At some point, it dawned on me that, you know what? I grew up in a lot of dysfunction. Like, this isn't normal. I used to think that, you know, a lot of other people experienced the things that I'd experienced. I'm like, oh, okay, everyone else does. And so it dawned on me that this isn't normal and I want to share my story. And so I think that in an effort to share my story and inspire other people, I started a blog. And that was the first place where I actually shared my story in the midst of, you know, going to therapy and really just, I talk about this on some of our other episodes, Dom, spending two years in grad school dating myself. And, you know, imagine you, you go through all these things. My, I was struggling with depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, suicidal ideations, and then you factor in, you know, teenage hormones and then relationships. And so I was getting into relationships where, I mean, it was just with bad people that meant me no good, right? It was, I was making very bad decisions as far as who I was partnering myself with. And so when I was in grad school dating myself, I began to take all these personality tests. I began to really go within on a deeper level outside of just the journaling and understand like, who is this person? Like, who am I? And what do I really want to do in my life? And who do I want to be? And I think that point in life was a very 
crucial time for me to really discover who I am because it was a moment in life when I had moved away far enough away from family and my siblings where I wasn't able to be their mom, right? I wasn't able to, you know, take them to school and pick them up and, you know, be there to give them baths and iron their clothes and do their hair. I wasn't able to do that because I had to work and go to school and I was farther. And so that period of time was like the first time I got to choose me and really focus on me and what I wanted and not what other people wanted for me. And so I would say that the Terry Lomax that people know today was really developed during that time of introspection, solitude, dating myself, and really mapping out what my plan was going to be. Now, let's dive a little deeper into that, right? Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that you said kind of stuck, like hit me, and I know that I can identify with that as an older sibling. You said that in grad school, you were further away physically from home, right? So Mm -hmm. that also kind of meant an ability to, because you're not physically there, to emotionally kind of detach from what's happening at home. But if you are similar to me in this way, it doesn't matter how many miles away you may be from your siblings, you still are connected. And so as you're trying to go into this space of introspection and dating yourself and spending time with yourself, what was that like to disconnect or separate from your siblings, especially when you know the things that you went through at home? You know what, Tom? I will say, even to this day, my siblings, they are Okay, when I say this, I say this facetiously. My siblings are like my babies, right? I mean, I mm-hmm. changed all the diapers. I literally raised them. So even today, we still have an emotional connection. And when I moved, we did as well. But what I'll say is the difference is when I was an undergrad, I was driving home almost every weekend and sometimes throughout the week, Dom, to be there for them, right? So I was going home on the weekends to make sure they had some type of stability. So, you know, fixing them food, taking them to church, bathing them, right? Like I literally have pictures of me getting my little sister ready for her prom and graduation and stuff like that because our mom wasn't there. And I remember when my little brother was younger, we were going somewhere. We had so many beautiful moments and I have a lot of those moments on video. And my little brother was like, Erica, can I call you mom? And I was just like, oh my God. And my heart just broke. And I was just like, no brother, you can't call me mom. I'm not your mom. We have a mom, but she's just not here. And so when I was in grad school, it was also at a point where my mom did get released and she was home for a period of time. And so when she came home, I actually have a video of me talking about this because I used to make vlogs back then, Dom. And in the video, what I was saying is I wanted to create better boundaries and give my siblings a chance to reconnect with my mom in a different way because she was home. And so that gave me the ability to be a kid that I didn't really get a chance to be and really focus on me in a way. And so I'm still there for them, right? I'm still taking phone calls, but I'm not going home every weekend, right? I'm not like involved in every emotional aspect of their lives. And I had a chance to kind of fall back in that sense, but still very active, right? But just trying to hold space and provide space for them to build with my mom. That is so powerful and so meaningful, right? And so emotionally mature to make that decision, that selfless decision that you're going to give them that space, right? Because I could see where you easily could have said, you know what, mom, you haven't been there for them. And I have, so I'm going to continue to be there. But you chose a different path. You know, Dom, it's wild. Despite what I've been through with my mom and despite the journey, I have always held her in the highest regard, right? I can only imagine like with a track record like hers and I'm sure, you know, with family saying things about her over the years and me witnessing everything, I've always tried to protect my siblings from that. And I feel as though oftentimes I was like, the cushion to them sort of hitting the ground hard. Like there were a lot of things they saw a lot when they were younger, right? But they didn't feel the impact the way I felt it, right? Because I was trying to protect them and I was trying to mask the things that were going on. And so, you know, I've always just had this great respect for my mom because, you know, she brought me into this world and we did have a really great relationship. I mean, there were so many good moments that we had, but when I was honest with myself and I was like, okay, if I'm not necessarily 
trying to protect her per se, and I'm just honest with myself about what happened, how did that impact me? And that made me feel some kind of way. I felt emotions about that, about the way that she, you know, just handled herself over the years and made certain decisions. And I had to be honest with myself about that. So I will say, even though I could have responded that way, and I totally hear you, some people may have, I've always just had this admiration and respect for her potential and the good things about her. Again, that speaks to this level (laughs) of emotional maturity that not all of us readily tap into. Mm. And so when I think of this level of emotional maturity that you have, I think about, you know, the title of your book, right? How to glow up as you grow up. I have a sense, but I want our listeners to kind of have a (laughs) sense of, you know, what inspired one, the title of the book, But then two, inspired you to actually write the book. Yes. So as far as the title, I originally set out to create a book for young people because I am a motivational speaker and I'll go to different schools, you know, whether it's a middle school, high school or colleges around the country and speak to students. And so I wanted to write a book for those kids that are especially going through a lot of the things that I went through. And so I know that we're in this stage of life where people are like the glow up, right? The glow up is real. Oh, you glowed up and all that. And so I'm like, okay, how can I encourage them to glow up as they grow up? Right. And really defining like, what does it mean to glow up? Right. Because mm-hmm. I think it's just important and and the way that I define glow up is wholeness and a purpose-driven life and evolution, not necessarily the physical, right? It's cool to be looking good on the outside, but like I'm more concerned about the inside. What inner work are you doing where your light is shining so bright that you are glowing, right? Like you're you're glowing up. That's what that is. And so I really wanted to capture them with that title and bring them in on that journey. But when I had a few women read the book to preview it last year, they were like, oh, I kind of feel like adults can really benefit from this too. And I was like, we're, I'm like, okay, let me, let me shift it up a little bit. So I try to, to make it a bit more universal in that regard and speaking about how we really can all glow up as we grow up. And when you think about it, Dom, I know you probably know some people that are grown. They quit to tell you I'm grown, but they haven't really grown up, right? Yep. They haven't really grown up and they haven't even touched the surface of Glowing up, right? And like doing the internal work and like facing themselves, facing their truth, facing what happened to them. And so, my hope is that this book could be that conversation starter for people to really look at who am I? What happened to me? How is it impacting me? How can I address my shit, right? Because we all got some stuff we have to deal with. How can I address that in a safe space, right? That's supportive. And so, that's part of my hope. I would also say that, you know, the sort of tagline of the book is your go-to guide for overcoming obstacles and making lemonade. And the reason that I added that part and there's a heavy emphasis on the making lemonade process is because many of us have heard the saying, right? Life gives you lemons. Make lemonade. Make lemonade. But how, Sway? They don't tell us how. Like nobody's saying like, well, this is how you make lemonade. You got to add this. And these are the ingredients. And so I literally mapped out, like in the book, there is a graphic of a picture. There are various ingredients to the lemonade and there are different aspects of the journey that lead us to this glow up and this fulfillment. And so my question, I'm always like, I need to see and I need to understand how something's done. Like, don't just tell me, show me how. And so I wanted this to be Right. I wanted this to be like a guide. So literally through my success, through my struggles, through my stories, you could just see, okay, this is Terry's story. This is what happened. I break down how I made lemonade and then I put it back on the reader and I'm like, okay, now I've showed you my process. What about you? What does it look like from your perspective based on what happened in your life? So it's very much a workbook style. I want to say conversation between myself and the reader. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. And I can't wait to read it and share it (laughs) with people. You know, as I'm listening to you, you know, some of the dots that I'm like connecting is, okay, so you said that you started journaling. Part of your healing process as a kid was to journal. And so it kind of sounds like this book is your grown up journal. 
Yes, for sure. I've been journaling for such a long time, Dom. And I think that really is what saved me, like writing. And I never thought I was a good writer. I've grown over the years as as it relates to writing, but I never thought I was a good writer. But I realized I've been journaling for such a long time to process all these emotions because I went through some real hard shit, Dom. Like when I look back on it, I am so just teary eyed. And I, and when I've been doing my inner child work, I've cried so many tears for that baby girl because I'm like, no little eight-year-old should have to go through this. Like no child should have to go through those experiences. And it breaks my heart that my younger self had to, but I've gone back and I've like saved myself through visualization and different activities. Now, one part of your question, Don, that I didn't answer was why I wanted to write the book, right? So I told you that I've wanted to write a book for a long time just to be an inspiration and share my story, but it wasn't until I wrote my first book, I had to be like 17 or so at the time. It probably started before that, but I actually finished the book when I was 18. And I remember going to my grandmother and I was like, my mom, I found this writer's conference. It's called the Sandy Cove Writer's Conference. And I think it was like $300 to go to the conference. So I was like, I really want to go. And I remember my grandmother, bless her heart, she was like, okay, baby, well, I believe in you. And she always has said, you know, you need to write Oprah a letter so you could tell Oprah your story and, and tell her and Steve Harvey so you could be on their show. <laughs> and I was like, okay, my mom. She always believed in me. I was like, okay, my mom. So I remember her taking her money out of her bra one day and she's like, Here, here's a little something, something. And I was like, okay. So I was on my way at 18. I got in my little truck that I had and I drove down to Maryland to go to this conference. And I had stayed with these two older black women because I wasn't, I didn't have the money to get the hotel by myself. And so, all right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black Stories, Black Truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the Rich Black Auntie. It was good. Now, you know, Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Stayed with these women, Dom. I was in this place full of like professional authors and publishers. And I mean, I was probably one of the youngest people there, but I went and I was ready to network. And I'm like, I'm about to share my story and Auntie Oprah's going to find me and it's going to be history from there. And that is not what happened at all, Dom. I went to the conference and I shared my book with the publisher. And I think we're still connected on LinkedIn, this lady and I. And basically she just marked up my whole book and she was just like, I mean, basically, Dom, it was trash. It was trash because, I mean, it was very judgmental. I was still so young. It was very right. judgmental and like, y'all got to do this. You got to do this. And it just, I mean, I still have the book today with the red marks. And it, I'm so happy that nobody let me put that out into the world because it'd be there forever, Dom. But the most important thing from that conference for me was a conversation I had with this radio host. And I remember her pulling me over and she's like, wow, you're at this conference. You're 18. You're by yourself. That's so awesome. Your story's inspiring. She's like, well, when you think about your story, you know, what helped you make it through? And I was like, and I said this like without even hesitating. I'm like, God, like God helped me. And she was just looking at me like, okay, that's, that's beautiful. She's like, well, what I want you to do is I want you to really think about your story. And I want you to think about what you can share with other people that will help them. Cause God is great. Right. And we want to, I mean, you want to pray, you want to do all that, but like, think about the steps, think about the lessons that you've learned that you can actually give to someone else. Because you know, sometimes we say, oh, just pray it away or like God. And sometimes that seems so vague and so broad. But the way she broke it down to me was, you know, when you have these experiences, think about how you've overcome so that you can share that with someone else. And I feel like that moment down was so game changing for me because ever since then, every time something happens, like I'll give myself space to process it. And then I'm like, okay, how did I get through that? So I can now either now write a blog post, right? Or we talk about it on the podcast or write a post on social media to give back to someone else. Wow. You know, one of my favorite <laughs> phrases is trust the process, mm -hmm. right? And so when you think back to that 18-year-old writing that first book, right? And you think about where you are now on the verge of releasing your book, a totally different book, right? And you think about that process that you went through from like 18 to now. Were there moments when you doubted that process? Absolutely, Don. That was about 12 years ago because I'm 30 now. Yes, I definitely doubted the process. I think for me, you know, my little 18 year old feelings were really hurt in that moment because I'm like, damn, you know, they basically butchered my book. And I remember just putting it away in my little, I had this little chest and I put it away and I didn't really revisit that idea that I can remember for a while. And I had mentors and people that were always like, oh, you should write a book. You should write a book. And I was kind of like, well, I already wrote a book. And it just, it felt like opening up this old wound of like rejection, you know? And so I didn't do it for a long time. And then when I got in grad school during that two year period where I was dating myself, I was like, you know what? we're going to go ahead and do this book thing again because I I just felt like I had something to say. Like there was so much inside of me that I was journaling about and I was creating vlogs about. And I was like, people need to hear this because I was, I was really inspiring myself down. And I'm like, I believe if you can inspire yourself, you can inspire other people, right? Like you have to be your first testimonial. You have to be your first, you know, use case or success story, right? And so as I began to do that, what I did in grad school was because I was so serious about my grades, I began to tie my goals of writing a book to my academics. So I wrote an ebook in grad school called Break Up with Procrastination. And I just like put it online by myself. And that felt really good to put that online. And it's an ebook. It never really felt official to me, though. I was like, okay, that's a baby step. It's not a real book. You can't put it in your hands, but it was something that I produced. And so over the years, I would create blog posts and I would create workbooks. And then I remember my mentor, maybe last year or the year before, he was like, okay, girl, you got to write your book. And I was like, okay. And I was like, well, 
that feels so scary. Like a book just seems like so much time. I don't have a lot of time. I work full time. We got the podcast. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a workbook. And I really tricked myself into writing the book down because I tried to write a workbook. And then by the time I looked up, I was like, oh, this is like a hundred and 20 plus pages. This is an actual book. And so that's kind of how this actually happened. It was supposed to be a workbook because the book seemed too daunting for me. And then boom, the book came about. Wow. (laughs) I continue to be amazed by you and your growth, right? And your story. And so, you know, it sounds like there were a couple of things that you discovered about yourself as you were working on the book, right? But Are there specific things that really resonated with you that you discovered as you were going through this writing process? Because as you mentioned, you were kind of running from the idea of actually writing a book. Yeah, I was. You know, Dom, I would say one, something that really stood out to me that I discovered was, you know, anything I put my mind to, I really can achieve. And that's not just me, but like any of us. It sounds so cliche. Like we hear that kind of stuff all the time, but I feel like, you know, Dom, I was either going to write a workbook or I was going to get a ghostwriter. Like I was not about to write a book because I don't have time. That's what I kept telling myself. I don't have time to write a book. I work full time. I got a podcast. I got a blog. I don't have time. And so I think for me, it was just remembering the power of my mind and the fact that if you put your mind to something, it can happen. Like whatever you believe, and conceive, you can achieve, right? And so I think that's one thing. I think the second is that, Don, that inner child work, like part of me sometimes when I go out and tell my story, I'm like, damn, I'm 30 and I'm still talking about the stuff that happened when I was younger. And then I'm like, yeah, you are because that shit really impacted you. Like you may not be that little girl, but you still have some of the symptoms, like the stuff that's exuding from you today that depression, that anxiety, the toxicity, a lot of that stuff, that those are symptoms from what you experienced. And I never really processed that childhood trauma in a healthy way. And so, yeah, it's important to revisit that. And so I think just holding space for myself to retell those stories and to not necessarily be a victim of that, but be a victor, owning my story and going back to mother myself and going back to love on myself and going back to those moments and replaying that and saving myself in the moment. And so I think that's another thing that stood out to me, Dom. Well, I think that that's powerful in, in and of itself, right? Of giving you that space to go back and, like you said, to mother your inner child, to really take care of her. and. That is a hard thing to do. I know that there are people out there in their 40s, 50s, 60s that still have not done that work and continue to search for healing because they haven't done that inner work. And that inner work, you know, is hard. It is truly hard because I could imagine for you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but part of that inner work and healing your inner child meant having to both address Terry and Erica, right? Mm -hmm. But then also make a determination of how you want to engage family who may have contributed to the abuse and the trauma. Absolutely, Dom. I would agree with that hands down. And what I will say is, as I have been on this journey of growth and self-acceptance and self-love, I'm working on no longer acting out of obligation because for a long time, I would just put up with shit because it's like, oh, it's this person, right? I'm just going to put up with that. It's this person. And then when I was in therapy recently, my therapist was like, well, if this person wasn't fill in the blank, your dad, your mom, your cousin, your grandmother, whoever that person might be for you, if this person didn't have that title, would you still be connected to them? And I'm like, fuck, no, I wouldn't. Like, If I don't put up with toxicity in my relationship, if I don't put up with abuse in my relationship, if I don't put up with, you know, manipulation 
in my friendships, then why am I tolerating it from a family member, right? And so for me, I'm at a point now where if your energy is not on the same wavelength, right? And if you're not ready to have adult conversations and be cordial and be mature, then we may not be able to coexist in this space right now, right? You, I may have to just pray for you. You do your thing and be over there. And I'm over here because I love myself too much to let myself be disrespected, number one, but to also be in that energy and in that space. And what I want to say to Dom is I believe that we all deserve to heal. Someone that I love very, very much and someone that's very close to me had experienced an assault and they didn't tell people. I don't even think they told anyone for years. I, I I don't think they told anyone, honestly, maybe except for me and another person. And this person lived with that guilt for so long. And when I say you deserve to heal, like you deserve to heal regardless of who might not like you telling your story. It's not fair for you to hold that story and just sit with that by yourself because you're afraid that someone might not like what you said, right? Or someone might be mad at you or someone might feel like you called them out because that's not fair to you to have to hold all that energy up in yourself and not release that, right? Whatever that means for you. Some people want to tell that story publicly. Some people might just want to tell a friend, but we all deserve to heal. Yes. Yes, we do. As you're speaking to like this healing that's going on, and like I recognize that that healing is a journey, right? Mm-hmm. And the work that you're doing didn't start yesterday, right? That you've been doing this work for a long time. One of the things that I'm aware of is that like when we start doing the work on ourselves, it impacts the people around us, right? Mm-hmm. For good or for bad, it impacts the people around us. I'm going to get a little bit more personal (laughs) if if you can say that we haven't already gotten personal, right? Right. So you've been married for what, five years now? Yep. It'll be five years on the day of the book launch, July 21st. So how has your journey as an individual impacted your journey in your marriage? Oh, that's a good one, Dom. I want to tell you how the journey has impacted me and my marriage because I think about this question a lot and just how I think about how it could impact other people because this is something I often think about. I would say one, my journey of healing has just made me a better person overall, Dom. Like I will say out of everything that I've been through, like I really wouldn't take away anything from the journey. It really did make me who I am. And I don't have any bad feelings toward anyone in my life. Like I am genuinely happy, Dom. And I've waited so long to get to this place. And I know we're still on a journey, right? Still a work in progress. But I mean, the joy and the happiness that I feel, the gratitude that I feel in my life today is really unspeakable. And so when it comes to, you know, me as a wife and my marriage, I mean, it makes me a better communicator. Dom, I have grown so much by way of communication. Like, it's crazy. I have addressed so much of my own toxicity. So when I talk about healing, it ain't always pretty, okay? It's not just pointing the fingers at everybody else saying what they did to you. It's also looking in the mirror and be like, "Mm, boo, you got some stuff you need to work on too. So I think about my toxicity, right? My lack of communication. Because I was the kind of person where I would just shut down or I would deflect. Or how about this, Dom? Get ready for this. Because I was a victim for so long, I didn't wear the victim badge in a way that was very, I want to say, noticeable. It was kind of discreet the way I did it because though I was a victim and I experienced all these things, I feel like oftentimes in relationships in general and with communication, it was easy for me to sort of play a victim role when I even did something wrong, right? So I might be in the wrong, but I'm moving into this comfortable victim position because, oh my gosh, me, the one who was abused, the one who experienced all this, I can't possibly be being passive aggressive right now. I can't possibly be, you know, communicating poorly right now. Like, oh my gosh. And so I think understanding that, no boo, sometimes your shit stink too. I think that's something mm-hmm. that I've been able to work on and realize and take responsibility and apologize. I mean, Don, I had so much trouble doing all of this, you know, eight years ago or so when my husband and I met. And through my journey of healing, it has really made me a better communicator in general and just a healthier person. So I would say that. But I also want to speak to the other part of that where 
Dom, sometimes when you heal and you address your stuff, sometimes you outgrow your partner or the people that are around you. And what I'm thinking, what I mean by that is I know that there are some situations where you may have an arrangement, like a codependent relationship, right? Where, or a situation where your partner, they want you to be good and successful, but they don't want you to get to a certain place of just having too much independence because then you won't need them anymore. Right. Right. Or then you'll be too healthy to, you know, ask them for help or whatever it might be. And so I think sometimes you just have to be aware and mindful that, oh, dynamics might shift as I grow into my independence because I'm a very different woman than I was back then when we met, right? And so I think that's something to always just kind of keep in mind and be mindful of too. Mm. You said a word. <laughs> <laughs> you said a lot of words and I appreciate <laughs> it. Okay, T. So we've been talking a lot about this book, right? Throughout this entire episode. Can you tell our listeners, one, just refresh their memory on the title of the book and then let them know where and when they can find it? Yes, yes. So the book is called How to Glow Up As You Grow Up, Your Go-To Guide for Overcoming Obstacles and Making Lemonade. And the book drops on July 21st, 2020. But if you head on over to glowupbook.com, G-L-O-W-U-P-B-O-O-K.com. You can get exclusive content. I'll be dropping some behind the scenes footage from my journey and just some exclusive bonuses from the book. So go ahead and visit me there, lady, and you can get your copy very soon. So I want to kind of shift up the energy a little bit. And I know that normally during this portion is like when we say we're going to shift up the energy, we go into our OU Clatchet segment, right? However, if listeners paid attention to season seven, episode one, right? And we're literally season seven, episode three. So only two episodes ago, (laughs) you and I did the OU Clatchet segment and we answered those questions, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. So lady, if you want that OU Clatchetness, you got to go and listen to season seven, episode one. What I yes. want to do now, though, is kind of ask a couple of questions to kind of tap into the Terry that we don't always get to see. Ooh, okay, okay, Dom, surprise okay. me. <laughs> All right. So let's say you have a Saturday where you're on vacation, whether that's a staycation or just you're out of town. What is your idea of a fun Saturday? Ooh, the ideas of a fun Saturday. Oh, Dom, so many things. Like, I am super open-minded. I'm, like, so into new experiences. So I'm thinking of vacation. I don't know why. I'm thinking of, like, just being at a different location, like, not in San Francisco. And so for me, I would want to go get some good food, number one. That's the highlight right there, get some good food. I want to go explore the area, maybe go, like, on a hike. Or I'm trying to think of what we could actually do in real life right now, too. So I think I'm being too realistic. But I I would just say like something new, something fun. Like I've been wanting to ride a hot air balloon for a while. And then after I have fun and take on this new experience, then I'll probably go back and like read or do something a little nerdy because that's just my style or like learn something new. Like I'm down for like improv, Dom, a cooking class. I like to go on Groupon. I mean, so I'm just down to explore (laughs) Yes. Yes. I am with it. Okay. All right. So we have your idea of fun. Essentially, you have an open day. You're down to try anything, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Love that. For our listeners who are going to get the book, what is one surprising thing that they may learn about you in the book? Oh, boy. Well, If I'm going to tell you the surprising thing, Dom, I have to tell you a story. I'm here for it. Okay, girl. So about two years ago, almost two years ago, it was September 15th. Well, a little before that, actually, I wanted to connect with my ancestry. So I'm like, I want to get my ancestry results because I feel like many of us, you know, Black people, African-Americans, we don't really know where we come from, right? Many of us don't. I mean, we know that we came from Africa, but we don't know like where our family was down South, right? And so I wanted to know like what part 
what is my genetic makeup, right? I was so curious about that. And as I was thinking about having children and things like that, I thought this was very important for me to know. So my husband and I, we order our ancestry kits, we send them in and I'm super excited. I'm like, I can't wait to see what part of Africa I'm from. Like I'm about to stunt on social media, like, yo, I'm this, right? Because it's just such a sense of pride that comes along with that. And I remember thinking about a lot of my white counterparts where they would always just have this sense of, oh, my family's Irish or I'm this percent that. And I used to go travel to this country, you know, back when I was younger during the summers. And I'm like, damn, I never had that. So I was very, very excited, Dom. And on September 15th, I got my results. And so I was actually, I remember being in bed and my husband was asleep and I looked over and I opened the app and I was like, oh shit, my results came. I was super excited. And I opened them and what I saw on the page, Dom, it made my mouth drop. Okay. Okay. I literally looked at my screen and I was on pause for about five minutes. And I remember texting my best friend because the Ancestry app was telling me that this man that I never saw in my life was my biological father. Whoa. Yeah. And so I ended up texting my best friend. I'm like, hey, I didn't even tell her the context. I was just like, hey, do me and this guy look alike? And she's like, oh my gosh. You look just like him, Erica. Who is that? Your uncle? And I was like, oh my God, fuck. So long story short, Dom, I found out in the midst of like preparing for the book and all that, I don't talk in detail about this in the book, but I may have to share it in another book, but I found out that I have a biological father that I never knew. And I found that out on Ancestry.com. Wow. Yeah. I touched on it briefly in the book, but that was like a huge shocker to me and my family and everyone else because no one else knew about this. Like no one else knew. This was just, and to give you a little context, I don't want to dive too deep into the story just because it's still something I think is very mm, sensitive Mm -hmm. for a lot of folks. But I will say the reason I put it in the book and the reason that it inspired me after, of course, I cried it out and had to you know, call my dad and call my mom and, you know, figure things out. I found out, Don, that I was a one night stand baby. So I was basically like an accident is what people would say. Right. And so when I think about my story, after I was able to get over the emotional part of that experience, I was like, you know what, God, like I literally, I can't make this shit up no more. At this point, my life and my story, like this is, this is all for a greater cause. Like this is not even about me right now. This is about something greater. And it made me so happy because I now, when I go speak to young people, especially young people that come from, you know, tough backgrounds and young people that may not have felt wanted when they were younger or young people that may not know their parents, right? I can now tell a story about how this is how I was conceived and this is how I started out, but that doesn't have to be your story. And so now that gives me something to tell those kids that are in similar predicaments because we aren't accidents. We made it here for a reason. And so to think that someone like me, could make an impact in the world and go through all this adversity. And technically I'm using air quotes, wasn't even supposed to be here or I was an accident. I mean, come on. Mic drop. (laughs) Mic fucking drop. (laughs) Dominique, I can't make this up. Like at this point, I'm just like, okay, this is a movie right now. What the fuck? Like, what the hell, girl? I literally was like, when I saw that, I was like, this will be my life right now. Like, I can't do anything but cry and then laugh because... What the hell? (laughs) Yo. (sighs) Yeah. I'm sorry. I stepped out of therapist mode. (laughs) Like, and I'm not even supposed to be in therapist mode, but I stepped out of like therapist language, like, or professional language for a moment there. Yeah. I know. It's literally unbelievable. Ready for that. (laughs) Thank you, Uh, though. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because I think. That's a great way for us to wrap up is truly understanding that from the moment we are conceived, no matter what the story is behind our conception, we do not have to be defined by that. Mm -hmm. However we got here, we are destined to be here and tea. You are destined for greatness. Thank you, Dom. You're going to make me cry, girl. Thank you. Hey, lady, it's Terry here from the Herspace Podcast, and I have a question for you. Do you want to start your own podcast? Have you been thinking to yourself, you know what? 
I want to start a podcast, but you just haven't taken the leap. If that's you, I got you. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your own podcast from start to finish. I'll teach you how to format your show and pitch great guests. I'll teach you how to stand out in the crowd of nearly 1 million podcasts, but I'm also going to teach you how to get your mind right, okay? We're going to talk about how to overcome imposter syndrome and how to deal with fear on your podcasting journey. So even if you're not tech savvy, it's okay. This masterclass is just for you. So visit terrylomax.com and click on the pink link in the middle of your screen and register for my free podcasting masterclass. Again, that's terrylomax.com. T-E-R-R-I-L-O-M-A-X.com. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Herspace Podcast, or check out our website at herspacepodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I am not limited by any past thinking. I choose my thoughts with care. We'll see you next week, lady. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.